just thank you this morning for being in this place, Holy Spirit. Lord, we, uh, we, your children, just love to just sing praises to you. You are worthy. You give us grace. You give us love. You give us freedom. You give us so much to be grateful for and thankful for and we are so undeserving for all of this Jesus but we just thank you for your mercy we thank you for the future of being with you one day what a day that's going to be when we will see you face to face and we will fall at our knees and worship you forever and ever the most precious wonderful words do not describe how wonderful you are how you created us and gave us the free will to come and love you and to praise you for what you have done Lord now I ask that you would be with Martin as he brings this message Lord just open our hearts and minds to your your word and what you want us to hear we're just empty vessels Lord just wanting to be filled of you Jesus so have your will and your way in this place now, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have a volunteer. That was quick. Thank you, thank you, Angela. You know, not everybody is uh, cut out to do children. <laughs> I know, I know. So... I'm so glad you could be here this morning. Um, this morning we're going to talk about salvation. We're going to talk about falling from grace, and we're going to talk about restoration. So pretty much the journey of a Christian or a Christian's journey. I want you to go ahead and turn to your Bibles to Matthew 26, verse 69 through 75. Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Before we get into that, though, take my gum out, save it for later. Before we get into that, though, I want to call Katie Grace up here right quick. And you know, pastor's kids, they're always like, oh, really, Dad? So you see this beautiful young lady, I get to claim her as my own, but she's also your child. She uh, has grown up here. She gave her life to Christ here. Uh, she didn't have a choice. She's been part of our youth group for a long time. She's our only senior this year. And so I have a praise report. You know, we've been doing the whole college thing last year with McKenzie, this year with Katie Grace. And so, you know, North Texas came through. They're like, yeah, we want you. You know, Texas Tech came through. They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's send something to you every day. A&M. <laughs> Mm, came through. They're like, yes, yes, that we want you. Uh, Arkansas came through, and I'm like, pig suey? Mm, mm. And so Mississippi State came through, and, you know, we're bulldogs over here. We'd be bulldogs over there. And uh, then Baylor came through, and that was like, wow, that is amazing. You know, so sick and be a Baylor bear, that, that was pretty good. But Friday, Friday, 
the one and only came through. And so where will you be going to college, Katie Grace? UT Austin. <laughs> and so I, I just, I just want to say that praise report, number one, because I'm very, very, very proud. You, you don't just decide I want to go to UT Austin. You have to work for it, and not anybody can just go there. So to have two beautiful daughters that are mine and yours, uh, go there is amazing and so I ask for your prayers as they you know continue going there Katie will be there next year Mackenzie's there this year um, and you know prayer for the parents because I've, I've been I've been told that that's where you find out if you really like each other <laughs> because your kids are no longer in the house so <laughs> just 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 prayers all around prayers all around and you know sometimes people are like brother Martin do you really want them to go to that liberal city? Brother Martin, don't you know that there's tax collectors down there? And there's sinners down there? And I'm like, I believe there was a guy named Jesus Christ that had dinner with the tax collectors and the sinners. And another praise report, there's actually one person that's already been saved because our daughter has gone down there. So... Eternity has already been changed because of that reason. So let's go ahead and get into our scripture. Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man, immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So we, he went out and wept bitterly. Let's, let's start off in prayer. Father, we love you. Just thank you for this day. Lord, I just thank you for, you know, the blessings in our life. Thank you for the lessons in our life. Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts this morning to be able to uh, receive the message that you have for us this morning. Lord, I pray that if anybody out here doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, doesn't have that connection with you, that today would be the morning. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So the journey of a Christian. There's a story that talks about a, a wild duck who every year with his duck friends, you know, depend on the season. He either flies south or he flies north, depending on, on what season of life these ducks are in. One day, this duck falls behind and looks down into the barnyard and he sees some domesticated ducks. And so he flies down, he's tired, and, and he enjoys some of their corn and, and he enjoys some of their company and he rests there for about an hour. 
an hour turns into a day, a day turns into a week, a week turns into a month, and so before you know it, this duck has spent all summer long at this barnyard. So he's pretty much fat, dumb, and happy, and he's had a great time. As the seasons change, autumn comes, and he hears his duck friends up above, and he looks up above, and, and, and they're, they're, they're flying back north, or, or they're flying back north or south. I don't know which one, but it doesn't matter. So he gets stirred up. He gets excited. He's like, I'm made to move with the season. I am made to, to, to fly up there with my friends. And so he starts flapping his wings and he rises and rises and rises. And he's so excited about joining his friends, but he soon finds out that he's so soft and fluffy, he can't quite reach the altitude that is needed in order to go with his friends. And so he looks back down and he says, well, you know, I have a pretty good life down here, so I think I'll just stay down here and enjoy myself. And so as the seasons change, this duck gets excited. Every time he hears his friends, he, he, he gets excited. He flaps his wings. But the day comes when, 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 when these ducks are flying overhead, his friends are flying overhead, and he no longer pays attention to them. He's satisfied where he is. Brother Martin, I came to church to hear about God, and you're talking to me about ducks? And it's not even duck season? If you've been a Christian very long, you may understand that this story, this analogy, is, is about you. It's about me. As Christians, this side of heaven, we don't have a destination that we reach. We don't have a barnyard that we reach and, and we swoop down and we stay. And, and we're like, I am here. I have arrived. This is my final destination. Not on this side of heaven. We don't have that. Our, our Christian life will always be a journey. We will go through different seasons in our Christian journey. There's going to be times where we're going to be soaring and we were, we're going to be doing what we were made to do. And there's going to be times when we, we're, we're waddling and we're soft and fluffy and we're struggling on the ground. And, and even though we were created for greater things, there will be seasons in our life where we're struggling, where we're out of the will of God. And you know, one thing that, I, that, I, that I've heard many, 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 many times, and I'm sure you have too, is that we are given a manual for our lives. We're given a manual on how to live our lives, what to do, what to do with whatever's going on in, in our life. If there's not an answer in the Bible, then the, God's not God. And so our, our manual, the Bible, in, in today's text, we're going to follow the, the, we're gonna follow the, the journey of Simon Peter, and, and we're going to see how someone that has been so close to Jesus Christ, someone that that has walked with him, that has talked with him, that has seen miracles, that has seen him raise people from the dead, how he can find himself in the wrong place, doing the wrong things with the wrong people. And if he's able to get to that point, guess what? You and I are too. 
We're going to explore the process of how one area of Simon Peter's life affects another area, and then it affects another area, and slowly, as, as, as those different areas of his life are affected, how he falls from the grace that he was in originally. I wholeheartedly believe, no, I wholeheartedly know this process plays out in our lives sometimes over and over and over and over. And it's part of being a Christian. The hardest thing that you will ever do in your life is to, to, to walk as a Christian, to talk as a Christian, to follow the will of God. I know that there's some of us in our hearts that our hearts are cold for God. Our love for Jesus, our love for, for God is not as bright as it once was. The glorious things of God, the things that were so amazing to us, we, we're, they're not as amazing anymore. And we wonder, how did I get here? And will God still love me? Does God still want me? And the short answer of that is yes, but let's take a look at this journey and see if you're in one area or another uh, of your Christian walk or your Christian journey and how you can get out of that and how you can advance because see the the biggest way or the number one way in order to be able to know what's going to happen is you look at the history of things because history repeats itself the first thing that i want to look at is peter's faith is he a christian is there enough evidence in his life to convict him if he's arrested for being a christian in the book of John, it says that his brother Andrew met up with Jesus and he talks to Jesus. And all Andrew can think about is, this is the Messiah. And so he goes and he goes to his brother Simon Peter and he tells him, Simon, I need you to come see this guy named Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one that's been talked about. He's the one that's been prophesied about. And so he brings Simon Peter to Jesus. Last week, I got to preach at Brother James's church, and he was telling the story about how, how him and I met. And he said, when Brother Martin and I first met, Brother Martin was a heathen. <laughs> and so after he said his thing, I got back up there. I said, what Brother James forgot to tell you is that when we first met, he was a heathen too. <laughs> but he gave his life to Christ when I coached his son, Tanthony. And even though Brother James didn't know how to lead me to Christ, he didn't know the scriptures, he didn't know what to do. For six years, Brother James invited me to Landmark Baptist Church. For six years, he was my Andrew trying to get me to come meet the Messiah. For six years, he never gave up. He never wavered. He's like, I want you to come to Landmark. I want to invite you to church. I tell you that to tell you this is that you don't have to be gifted as a speaker. You don't have to be gifted like Uncle Buck that can tell you every scripture that correlates with another over and over and over you don't have to be a gifted singer but you can bring people to Christ just like Andrew did that's one thing that everybody can do I see a whole lot of empty chairs and I promise you if we if we had enough people show up we'd take the tape off so Andrew brings his brother Simon Peter and he tells him, this is the Messiah. This is the one who, 
who the Bible, or, or the one that's been prophesied about. And, and in Luke, the Bible says that Simon Peter acknowledges at some point to Jesus, he's like, in your presence, I am a sinner. I know what I am. I'm not worthy of you because I am a sinner. Peter had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. That's pretty good evidence that he is, he is a, a, a Christian. In Matthew 16, 16, the Bible says that Peter acknowledges and he knows beyond a doubt that Jesus Christ was everything that he said he was. He, he acknowledges that he is the Savior of mankind. He is the one that was talked about in Isaiah. He is the one that the Jews are waiting for. And so first he knows he's a sinner. Then he acknowledges and says, I believe without a shadow of doubt that you are who you say you are. And then in John 6, 68, Peter ha has a, a, a personal encounter with Jesus, and, and he knows and he says to Jesus, or he, he says in the Bible, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He accepts that Jesus does have the words of eternal life. Peter accepts that Jesus Christ, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and that in order to come to the Father, you have to go through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that shows salvation to me. He knows he's a sinner. He acknowledges Jesus as the Savior of mankind. And he accepts Jesus as his Savior and says, you are the only way that I'm going to be able to go to the Father. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. I ask you this morning, do you have that knowledge. Salvation is not a feeling. Salvation is not an emotion. My father in Christ used to put it the best. Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you died today that you would go to heaven? Do you know that? If you don't know that, today's a good day to do that. Or maybe you feel like maybe you, you've fallen behind. Today is a good day to rededicate your life. And so Peter is, is, he is saved. He's going to fly. He's not going to fry. If you're here today and you don't, you cannot say that with absolute confidence, you will fry. You will not fly. Plain and simple. That's what it comes down to. There's one, one or two choices. So Simon Peter is saved. And the Bible says that Simon Peter, he is set aside as one of the 12. He is numbered by Jesus. He is blessed by Jesus. He's in a place of influence. He's in a place of power. He's somebody. He's a soldier for Christ. As, in the, as a matter of fact, later on in Scripture, it says that Jesus takes his sword out and he cuts off the ear because he's trying to be a soldier for Christ. Not the right way, but he's being a soldier for Christ. And so when you are saved, you are set aside. You are numbered. Your, your name will be in the Lamb's book of life, never to ever, ever, ever be taken away. Peter's name is written in the Lamb's book of life, yet he still ends up in the wrong place with the wrong people doing the wrong things. Our spiritual journey does not end with salvation. So many of us think that that's where we end, that's where we stop, but our spiritual journey is merely the beginning when we give our lives to Christ. It is merely the beginning. 
Every time I lead somebody to Christ, I tell them it's like you you're a little spiritual baby and, and you're 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 you you need to be you know fed, you need to be changed, you need to be you need to grow to be able to sit up, you need to be cultivated, to be able to stand, to be able to, to crawl, to be able to stand up and walk, and eventually we want you running. But but so many people they think that the end is salvation, but that's not the end, that is the beginning. Where are you today? Are you still a spiritual baby? I was saved 15 years ago. But I don't know how to walk. I don't know how to, I don't know how to stand. I don't know how to do those things. You may not know, but Jesus knows. You may not know, but God knows. Don't ever be too embarrassed to say, I'm not where I'm not where I want to be, but I'm I'm happy that I'm not where I was and I want to keep growing. Yes, it's taken me 12 years to 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 accept the fact that I am still a spiritual baby. I'm still a spiritual toddler, but bless God, I want to keep going forward. Will you teach me, Brother Mark? Will you help me, Brother Martin? Yes, we will. So Peter is a saved individual. So I hope that speaks to all of us in here. When Peter falls from grace, there's stages that happen. And I want you to go through those stages of falling from grace because it doesn't just happen overnight. It's always a slow fade, like that song says, it's a slow fade. You're here one day, you know that God is God, and then you slowly just start going down that slippery slope, and then before you know it, you're somewhere where you didn't intend to be. You're doing things you didn't intend to happen. It's always a slow fade. The very first thing that failed Peter was his speech. His speech. In Matthew 16, 22, Jesus Christ is telling the disciples what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the cross. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to be arrested. These things are going to happen. And, and Peter, in all his boldness and all his glory and all his knowledge, he takes Jesus Christ aside. And, and he's like, hey, man, I don't know about those dudes back there. They may be fake as all get out. But I'm telling you that while I'm here with you on my watch, you don't have to be afraid, Jesus, because that's not going to happen. I got you, Jesus. I'm going to take care of you, Jesus. Not my words. Those are out of the Bible. Then, then later on, late, later on, Jesus is telling them again that everybody's going to leave me. Everybody's going to forsake me. Everybody will turn their back on me. And Peter, again, in his boldness, in front of everybody, he says, I would rather die. I would be, will be there with you till the end. That's not going to happen. Do you see his speech? Who is he focused on? He's not focused on what Jesus is telling him. He's focused on what he thinks should happen. There is a pride and there is a rebellion in Peter's heart. What he says is meant as a good thing. Everything that, that when we fall, everything that we speak out is not necessarily meant out of evil or out of a bad thing because Peter didn't mean these things as bad. He thought they were good. He meant these as good things. But really what he's saying is, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But I have a better way to live my life. 
and my way is better than yours. And I can handle things better than you can. If you want to know where your heart is in, in any relationship, it's not even just your relationship with Jesus Christ, examine your speech. How do you speak? You know, marriage is the second hardest thing you'll ever do apart from walking the Christian life, apart from your Christian journey. And if, if you think about the times that you, you have um, had discussions with your significant other, that's a fancy word for arguments. When I take Martin Ibarra's knowledge of how a marriage should work and, and how things should be in my marriage, and I don't look at the Bible, the manual that tells us what a marriage should be. Because, see, before I got saved, I had it all wrong. Somebody had to teach me different. But I thought the, the way I grew up is it's going to be God up here. Then it's going to be the man. Then my kids. And then my wife. Then my job. That's what I thought. And so before I was saved, there was, there was all those of like, hey, uh, you know what, you, you can go, but, you know, my kids are staying. They're my priority. And, and I still find myself at times when, when I think I know better than God on how marriage should be, I find myself uh, maybe speaking a little bit meaner, maybe speaking, speaking, you know, brash, speaking in a way that I shouldn't speak. So the, what I'm telling you is in your relationship, when your speech fails, when your speech falls, it will cause you to falter. It will, it will be the very first thing that you see of like, oh, no, I'm in trouble, but you're probably not seeing it. But if you want to know, examine your speech. How do you speak to God? God, God I, I, want, I, want to go, I want your blessings, but I don't, I don't really want to do that. How do you speak to your wife or your loved ones or your kids? Do you cut them off? Are you rude to them? And see, when, you, when your speech falls, then, then the next thing that's going to fall is your walk. I mean, we, we have that saying that if you talk, the walk, talk you're going to walk the walk, right? But if your talk is not good, if your speech is not good, then your walk is not going to be good. And this is what happens with Simon Peter. Peter found out in Matthew 26 that when there is sin in our lives, when there is something that is causing division between us and God, it will be revealed in our walk. You may can cover up the speech, you may can hide the speech, but eventually in your walk, it will be revealed. Jesus asked his disciples at one point, he's, 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 he's struggling with what has to happen to him, and he tells his, uh, his disciples, will you please, please just pray for one hour. Just stay with me. I'm struggling here. I need you. And what does Peter and the disciples do? They fall asleep. They can't, they're, they're not even able to last one hour. There's times in the Bible when it says that Jesus preached all day, all day, all day, all afternoon into the night. They didn't fall asleep then, but maybe their speech was different. Their speech is not right, so now their walk is not right. 
And after, after Jesus is captured, Simon Peter, in his walk, instead of say, being there and saying, I'm right beside you, I'll never leave you, the Bible says that he stays far behind and he observes everything from far behind. His walk is faltering. His heart is faltering. Where he was one strong, he's no longer and the Bible also tells us that he finally comes up to where Jesus is being held, where he's being, you know, beaten, where he's being questioned. And he, he comes to the very people that are persecuting Jesus. And he's out there warming himself by the fire with those very people that want to kill his Lord and Savior. When his speech failed, his walk failed. And I could give you more examples, but I believe those are sufficient. He warms himself and has fellowship with the very people that were crucifying Jesus. So many times we, we, we think that we have to do some big sin in order to fall. We don't have to murder. We don't have to steal. We don't have to go and get drunk. We don't have to, and you just keep going to be under the power of sin. We fall asleep on Jesus many times. How many of us, when we get up to pray in the morning or we try to have prayer at night, you're sitting there and you're like, Lord, thank you. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about something. Man, I, I got to empty the dishwasher. And then before you know it, you got a little drool coming out of your mouth because you fell asleep. I promise you, when you're close to Jesus, that ain't going to happen. But it happens to us. How many of us follow from afar? Yes, I'm willing to go this far with you, God, but I don't want to get that much closer. I don't want to walk right beside you because that's going to require more of me. To those who much is given, much is required. And when you're closer to Jesus, you are given much more than when you're far away and you don't want to be that close to him. How many of us find comfort in other things besides Jesus? And we're all guilty of this. We look to, we look to songs. We look, to, we, we look to, to, you know, the horoscope. Today you will have a great day and it will be sunshine, rainbows, and Skittles. Did you see my horoscope? It says I'm going to have a great day. If, if I retweet this, it says that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be blessed with money. Oh, Lord, and don't get me started on those letters on Facebook that some of you send and talk about blessings. I'm sorry, but Jesus is not looking at your Facebook and saying, Brother Martin forwarded it to 10 people. I need to bless him. It's funny, but it's true. We're warming our fire by something different. Because we're following from afar and we're falling asleep. The third thing, or the next step of Simon Peter's journey and mine and yours journey, is we simply just walk away. We simply just walk away. Simon Peter reached the point where he simply just went back to fishing. 
He simply just went back to his whole life. He simply just went back because he's like, you know what? I am saved. You know what? Jesus is who he says he was. And I've had a, a very close friend of mine. He, I don't have to go to church on Sunday. I got the big thing down. I'm saved. No, you don't have to. But you will falter. And, and I'm sure he was like me at times with God. God, we're okay, right? We're, we're okay. You're still my father. You're still my savior. You're still my redeemer. And so you and I, we're, we're all good, right? Let me make myself feel better with that, with that talk. And in our journey as Christians, we may end up in the same place, or maybe you're there this morning like Simon Peter, and you're at church this morning, and really you're just here because your wife made you. Or really you're just here because it's what we do on Sundays. Every Sunday I get up and I go to church because that's all I've ever known. Every Sunday I get up and I go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. Every Sunday I get up and I go to church, but I know that I'm just going through the motions. I know that I'm just, I'm just doing the things that I'm supposed to do as a Christian, but really there's no love. There's no closeness. There's nothing there. I feel empty inside. I feel dissatisfaction inside. I feel like the, I'm just numb. I feel cold. You didn't get there overnight. It's a slow fade. This is where Simon Peter finds himself. He may be warm on the outside in the fire with the enemies of Jesus, but he's cold on the inside. And all of us get there. All of us go through that. But the good news, the good news of God is that we don't have to stay there. But we got to be willing to look in the mirror. We got to be willing to acknowledge some tough things. We got to be willing to be honest with ourselves. And that, a lot of times, is the hardest thing for us is to be honest with ourselves because we don't want to look in the mirror and we don't want God to expose the things that are inside of us that are not of Him. We don't. And so that's why Simon Peter. He's like, you know what? I'm saved. I'm just going to go back, and I'm just going to go back to fishing. going to go back to fishing. I know that's not the way he fished, but I don't know how to cast a net. <laughs> so we've looked at Peter's fall. We've looked at, at, at his journey and how he can go from being saved to go to struggling, to go to falling, to feeling cold. So now let's take a look at Peter's forgiveness journey because the same journey that was available to him is also available to you and to me. Simon Peter uh, stays on, on a journey and it does not end with him being in the wrong place, doing the wrong things with the wrong people. No, no. Whenever the rooster crows, the Bible says that Peter looks at Jesus Christ, their eyes meet. And Peter's connected with God all over again. And Peter's looking in the mirror and he's seeing the ugly that's inside of him. He's seeing his shame. He's seeing his fallenness. He's seeing what went wrong. And the Bible says is that he departed and he wept. 
bitterly. He wept bitterly. Now, let's take a look at, uh, uh, if you talk about Judas, the Bible never talks about Judas acknowledging. I mean, he does try to return the silver. He does try to do those things. But this says that Peter went and he wept bitterly. Peter repented of what he'd done. P- Peter repented of, of, of what the, his actions. There's no forgiveness without repentance. Now, I'm not talking about your salvation. If you're saved, you're saved. But when you fail, when you fall, when you falter, the Bible says that you have to repent. You have to expose the things that are holding you captive. You have to tell. God already knows. But he wants to hear you say it. And the Bible says that when we say it out loud, and we bring it out of the darkness and into the light, that light will set you free and from, from the bondage of whatever you're struggling with. Peter repented. There is no forgiveness without repentance. Lord, I know where I'm not supposed to be. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I know, I know, I know, I acknowledge it and I confess it to you. This is what struggling, what I'm struggling with. I struggled with it yesterday. I struggled with it the day before and the day before and the day before. And I want to confess it to you until I don't have to confess it to you anymore because I've turned around and I've gone a different way. But every day that you falter or you fail with something, bring it to God and he will give you mercy. He will give you forgiveness. Brother Mike used to talk about sometimes people got upset if <laughs> if there might have been a person outside in the parking lot smoking a joint before they come into service. <laughs> and that always cracks me up. But then he said, you know what? They're more than welcomed in here. We're going to love them where they are. And we're looking for the day that they don't have to take a hit off that joint. <laughs> and that's the perfect analogy with God. He's looking for the day where you don't struggle with that anymore. If you take a hit off that joint every day, bring it to him. His mercy is sufficient. His mercy is sufficient. So we all take a journey. Or at times we journey just like the prodigal son. The prodigal son is you and it's me. And the Bible says that God in his splendor is big enough that you can come to him like the prodigal son and says, I have sinned against you, Father, and I've sinned against heaven, and our Father will take us and he will put a ring on us and he will cloak us with, with his love and he will call the servants and say, let's have a celebration. And he restores us. And so when Peter repented, God listened. When Peter repented, it started that journey of him coming back to Christ, of him coming back to God, of him having that fellowship again. And in John 21, 15 through 17, it shows us that, that, G, that Peter is restored. After Peter fell and he repented, Jesus Christ shows up one day, one morning, while Peter's out there in the boat and he's fishing and he's back in his old life. And Jesus starts cooking them some breakfast. And he waits for them to come in. And Jesus' love for Peter never changed. It never changed. He renews Simon Peter's life. 
and he takes the failure and he puts it behind, never to ever to ever be brought up again. God doesn't keep score. We do. Remember what you did to me back in 12th grade? I don't. <laughs> Ladies, y'all have like the memory of elephants. <laughs> Amen. I mean, that's the way God made you. It's like, uh, you remember three, days, three years ago on February the 19th at 722, uh, we were in the parking lot of Coles, and you squinted your eyes at me. That's not the way God works. He doesn't bring that up. He puts it behind and he restores. And he asks Peter. Peter comes and he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And, and then he asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter says, you know, you know that I love you. And he says, take care of my sheep. And then he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know that I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. Now, I'm sure Peter was a little bit frustrated, but can you see Peter's speech? He goes from in the beginning saying, oh, well, I know that I love Christ. I know how good I am. I know I'll be with him till the end. I know that I'll never leave him. I don't know about these weaklings behind me, but I will never do this. And now when Jesus asked him, do you love me? He says, you know that I love you. You know what's inside my heart. You know, not I know, you know. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? And so he's not only restored in his, in his Christian journey, he's forgiven, he's restored. And not too long after that, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of Peter and he goes out and he preaches a sermon and 3,000 people give their lives to Christ. It didn't come through the power of Simon Peter. It came because he was honest about his speech and his actions. There was repentance on his part and there was restoration through the power of God. You are either in one of these stages of life or you will be in one of these stages of life, and it's not just going to happen one time. Some of, some of us are like, uh, like the donkey, uh, and, you know, it's a little hard-headed. Uh, I know I'm one of those people, and I have to make the same mistake over maybe several times before I learn, and that's okay because I, I don't ever feel like, like God, God has said, you've wandered off so much that you're so far away that I, I'm not going to be able to reach you. You've messed up too much those are lies that are straight from hell if you ever tell yourself that lie and it's made to keep you in bondage it's made to keep you in chains and there's nothing that you can do that will ever take the love of God away from you there's nothing that you can do that if you're honest and you're repentful that God will not restore you amen let's bow our heads father we love you Lord, again, I just pray if there's anybody that needs to give their life to Christ or rededicate their lives or just has problems.
Lord, we thank you for your word here this morning. We just pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.